As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Thank you for tuning in to the Action Ambition Podcast. I'm Philip Lanos, and today we're here with Peter Bray. Now, he's one of the world's most respected digital marketing authorities, excelling at growing brands. He has spoken at numerous conferences and is also an entrepreneur himself. Having sold his first ad agency at 34 and now Helms Bray & Co., one of the fastest growing advertising agencies in the U.S., Peter works with large brands like Tide, but also smaller brands like Brooklyn Brewery, The Air Company, and Nexusis. Peter, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Philip. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. You know, advertising agencies. This is a tough one in the sense that on one hand, you spend most of your time thinking about how to deliver value on a consistent basis. It's not like I developed a product and then it's out. On a consistent basis, client facing every single day, your team, yourself, all that, right? And then on the other end of it, it's, it's the clients trying to determine which agency is the best for them. So given that you yourself have been an entrepreneur for as long as you have, why is the advertising agency, and forgive the question, why is the advertising agency the thing that really pulls you in in business for you? Is it something you've just always been good at or do you see something that others don't? Yeah, it's a good question. So I fell into advertising originally. And so, you know, I still remember vividly at 23 years old being the youngest guy in the room. Um, now I'm amazingly at 48, one of the oldest. And so it does tend to, bring people in and spit them out pretty quickly. And the reality is that I think what attracts me to advertising is actually the storytelling element. And ironically, that's the element that's also now most ignored. So if you follow the money in the whole marketing industry, for every dollar that's spent, every dollar, and if we include all of TV, also include Super Bowl, all outdoor advertising, podcast advertising. If we include all advertising as one pool of money, 50 cents of every dollar 
goes to Google and Facebook, 50 cents, which is crazy, right? Because that's just media. Yeah, I'll include Instagram there as well. That's insane. So with that happening, so much has changed. But the reality is that I'm a believer that great advertising is about human connection. It's about how it makes you feel. No one gets too excited about, no one's saying to you, hey, Philip, did you see that incredible ad that was uh, 20% off, just use code blah, blah, 20, right? (laughs) There's hundreds of those ads around, right? There's hundreds of those ads around. Yet it's the ads that are memorable. They're the ones that make you attached to, to a brand. And I'm a believer if you don't have that emotional connection, then at the end of the day, you don't have the love for your brand, you don't have the loyalty, and then you end up facing a price war. So for me, it's about the storytelling is why I'm attracted. And the amazing thing now is the reason Brain Co. started was because I know most people hate agencies. I mean, I remember, you know, being on the executive team of a big advertising agency, uh, the global executive team, and we had clients who were on a five-year retainer contract, whether they liked us or not, five years. And so a lot is broken about advertising. So what's happening now is we're being all about data-led, data-led, data-led. And Google doesn't grow your brand. Let's be clear about this. It has nothing to do with growing your brand. AdWords has zero to do with growing a brand. AdWords is just really a tax you're paying for all the great work you did in everywhere else, and now you're just reaping what you sow, right? If you just focus on AdWords, you're never going to grow your brand. You'll have diminishing returns. So, you know, I think for me, it's the storytelling, and I think we're starting to go back to back to this as well. So that's what attracted me to advertising originally. And, of course, you know, you're exposed to so many different industries. You know, I'll take the learnings from automotive and apply it to vodka, right? By the way, not at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the things you learn from finance, clients of all shapes and sizes. So it's, you know, you, you see a lot of interesting things and uh, I still think it's a lot of fun, but at the end of the day, I enjoy making emotional connections. Listen, as somebody who's been in the industry for a long time and clearly respected, otherwise you want to be having clients like Tide or Brooklyn Brewery, things of that nature. What is it that people get wrong about story? Just in, in your own opinion so far from what you've seen that you notice you know, people always start off that way and then they always end up seeing that this is the way it actually is supposed to be. Yeah, so that's a great question. So when it comes to storytelling, we know, actually I'll step back a bit. With advertising, what we're really trying to do is create what we call mental availability, right? And that's just a fancy term for the propensity of your own brand to come into mind in a buying situation in the mind in the mind of a person, right? It's mental availability. That's what we're trying to do. So when you're work, walking into a store, if you're a good advertiser and let's say I want to buy a beer, um, oh, what beers shall I try? You know, I want to try that Brooklyn Brewery, the new, the new pale ale they've got as an example, right? So being there at the right time is a mental availability. And to create that, it's a combination of being memorable, being seen by a lot of people and having really distinctive assets. So that's what memorable, uh, mental availability is. 
And, you know, you just want to be simple, consistent, memorable, um, and have understand category cues. So when it comes to storytelling, a lot of people get it wrong. The last thing you want to do as a brand or as a person, if you're trying to build a profile, is to be liked by everyone. That's a complete mistake. Because if someone just likes you, they're on the fence. Oh, yeah, you know, Philip, yeah, we like that guy. You know, oh, no, I've never listened to him, but we like him. Right. What you want to do is get people off the fence. You want them to love you, right? And now to do that, if you stand for something, some people aren't going to love you. That's okay. But what a lot of companies get wrong, especially startups, they don't have a point of view. They, they feel they need to be liked by everyone. And that's not how you build a brand. You need to be loved by the right people. So when it comes to storytelling, if you're going to be loved, you need to elicit what we call a high arousal state. What do I mean by that? And high arousal can be positive or negative. I always suggest positive, right? So as an example, um, if we talk about different kinds of high arousal states, surprise is a low arousal state. Astonishment is high arousal. Uh, happiness is a low arousal state. Exhilaration is high arousal. Calmness is low arousal. Inspiration is high arousal. So as a brand and telling a story, if you want to be memorable, you need a highly arousing execution. In other words, something that elicits a physiological reaction, gets your heart racing, right? Has fosters outrageous laughter or makes your skin crawl. You need one of those. That's what creates, has an impact. And both, by the way, branding has a massive impact on sales. So let's not think that somehow, you know, this storytelling doesn't build sales. It absolutely builds sales. But a lot of people get it wrong and go for just being likable. Avoid being likable. It doesn't work. And that's, that's generally the mistake when it comes to storytelling. Excellent. Well put. You know, there's this trend happening right now, and correct me if I'm wrong since I'm not in the advertising industry anymore. Uh, is it, we see that there are people who are leaning further and further away as consumers, as you know, participants in your product and brand from these well-crafted ads and moving more, especially with social media, moving more towards the, someone was just holding the phone and doing something and that response to it, right? This is something that's kind of going around. People kind of talk about, everyone knows it and yet people still aren't executing on it because they're on the fence about the idea as the pro as somebody who is in this biz and who's been doing this and has plans to continue to push this forward what are your thoughts on that so i think what's going on is we've got to just make a distinction between the idea and the production values the execution of the idea right so if something's a great idea you can execute it in a really simple you don't need to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on, you know, an incredible video, right? Some of the best ideas I've ever seen have been a billboard, right? Um, you know, you've seen, you know, there used to be great, you know, sort of billboard wars between McDonald's and Burger King years ago, um, and billboard wars wars are a lot of fun, by the way. Um, so I think that what what we're seeing is a shift away from expensive production, as it should be. But we're kind of losing the idea in a lot of ways. So 
having someone do an unbox, um, you know, there's a there's a drop and people are showing off those sorts of things. They might be great for a couple of sales today, but believe me, it's a world of pain if every time you're trying to increase sales, all you're doing is bringing in new influencers, sending them product, paying for that, et cetera, et cetera. What will inevitably happen is there's no brand loyalty and you're fighting a price war. And here's the thing. The key to great advertising is to avoid a price war so you can charge a premium. Brand building is how you ensure you have massive margin. Why are people going to pay $1,600 for an iPhone, which is the same thing as an Android, basically, right? In fact, you know, there's plenty of years where the iPhone is far worse than Android equivalents, yet people still pay double. Why is that? That's brand building, right? So I think that, you know, I think it's fantastic that we're getting away from these expensive productions, but start having an idea, right? Have a point of view. Um, you know, we have a client called Momentum, um, Momentum, M-E-M-E-N-T-U-M.io, yeah. Momentum. And they, they're a really cool company in that it's jewellery that you purchase and it has a QR code inside it and you can store your memories, right? So it's a nice thing. You know, you can give a piece of jewellery to your partner and you can embed all this video and photos from the last year, those sorts of things. Really good thing. But they were really struggling with on the brand side. They thought what their product was, what they were selling was jewelry that has an app and a QR code and you can store memories. That's not really what they're storing, right? What they're selling. What they're really selling, and I came in as a brand person, as an advertising person, is the ability to live forever. You see the difference? Yeah. You see? Live forever. They're selling the ability to live forever. Have your memories live forever. That's an idea. That's very different to, hey, 20% off and you can store your photos in jewelry or store your video. That's kind of the difference. And so the idea is so important. That's the campaign. That's the thing that makes people buy and say, you know what? This is something that inspires me. I want to be involved. We have a thing called heuristics, which is I want the brand to reflect my values, right? To intrigue me. And that's what startups especially need to focus on is the consistent brilliant idea that they own nike don't talk about selling running shoes right that's the last thing they do yet so many companies think the way they can create a brand is to explain what they do right don't explain start to inspire two different things low arousal high arousal Exactly. Clear idea, blurry mm -hmm. idea. Yeah, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see it. And it's, it's very important. The question is, do, how, how can people, what question can people ask themselves? If, if you were put on the other side of the table as a consumer, what question could you ask yourself to get yourself closer to that idea? So that, or, or to call yourself out that you're not actually saying the right thing the way the way uh the, the jewelry company is there a question you pose often to yourself or to your consumers that one question that just really starts to get the ball rolling i think that really the way to do it is 
understand that consumers are as intelligent as each of us. You know, there was a great billboard once um, that was put up in a city. I can't remember who put it up, but it was it was basically the sentence on the billboard was sick of the traffic. You are the traffic, right? <laughs> and so people don't realize that we are the consumers. And if it honestly doesn't interest us, what makes us think that other people can be interested in it? What makes us think that people want to have a conversation with a, a brand on Facebook around, you know, how sturdy something is or people aren't interested, right? And again, there's only so much mental availability. We have so many inputs coming to us every day, right? Are you actually interesting? Are you interesting as a brand? And you know, be your own judge. Get away from the product and say, as a brand, forget the product. Are we actually interesting? That's a great place to start. You know, and then there's all sorts of things you can do. Like, you know, if your, you know, if your brand was a movie title, what would the movie title be? Um, you know, if your brand was a superhero, what would it be? If your brand walked into a party, who would want to talk to it, right? What's it wearing? Those sorts of things. I mean, just start to be interesting. And again, have a point of view. This is the key thing. Have a point of view. And nice thing to think of is, right, who hates us? Because if no one hates you, it's likely no one loves you. I really love the way you put that together because often the work is, and it, that is important. The, what's the audience demographic? It's Stacy, age 25, 35, or what have you, right? And that's fine. But nobody ever really goes and turns that around and says, who are you when you show up to the dinner party? What are you wearing? You know, what are you, are you interesting? Because just if you do all the information on the other half, that's great. And then you think your product is going to immediately fit that without knowing how it is you're representing yourself. I'm starting yeah. to see the way you look at things. And I mean, I how, how, how many ads are there that you see? I don't know if you have Hulu especially because it's infamous yeah. for it. Yeah. How many ads are you and say, hey, I'm blah and blah. We decided that X could be better by doing Y. We then did X, no, A, B, C, and D. Visit X, Y, Z for blah, 20% off. You know, it, it's the same ad. It's the same ad. And then people wonder why there's no loyalty, right? And this is where someone like Uber got it really wrong, right? I don't know if you've been watching the, the series right now around Uber. Um, they got it really wrong. They wonder why they had a problem with Lyft it's, and why they had a cultural problem as well. And that's because they didn't have a brand, right? The reality was they didn't. And we all think, oh, if our product's fantastic, it'll just, people will love it. It'll sell, you know, it'll sell brilliantly. That's the exception, not the rule. It's a really bad strategy to build your business around the exceptions. There are marketing principles. So just like gravity, you know, just like an apple falling from the tree, we don't question an apple is going to fall from the tree. I don't question the principles of marketing. I don't question the fact that if you don't spend at least 60% of your marketing budget on brand building instead of acquisition and activation, I don't question the fact that in 18 months' time, you're going to be in a world of pain. It's marketing science, right? 
And then what you do is you, you know, there's been a lot of research I've been reading up on lately around intelligence, right? And how do we learn and how do we then apply? And what's really interesting, Philip, is that, you know, up to the age of sort of middle of your, your mid 40s, you have what's called fluid intelligence. And that's all about, you know, analysis, innovation, et cetera. And as you get older, that's when you have a peak. And as you get older, you lose that peak of fluid intelligence. And what starts to kick in is this idea of crystallized intelligence. Um, Arthur C. Brooks wrote an excellent book on this. Um, I think it's called From Strength to Strength. But it's about crystallized intelligence, which we sometimes call wisdom. And so fluid intelligence is about to be, you know, is about quick thinking, being re reactful ingenuity. Um, and that's what startups tend to value and the Silicon Valley's tend to value, right? But, and that's, you know, why you have a median average employee age of 30, right, in Silicon Valley. So that's fluid intelligence. But this idea of crystallized intelligence is what we sometimes call wisdom, right? And that's where you actually start to synthesize knowledge, right? You start to mentor, you start to teach others. But the most important part of that is pattern recognition, right? With, with crystallized intelligence, because you've seen things before and you apply it. So, you know, when it comes to brand building, most of what's being done is very short term. It's using, using our fluid intelligence. And we're focusing on CPAs and CPCs, but to the detriment of what's going to happen in three years' time, where suddenly we've been fishing from the same pool, but we haven't noticed the pool's been shrinking. And that's typically the life cycle. So you want to take knowledge from the past 25 years. I mean, digital advertising has been around for a, for a long time, right? And look at the patterns. And the patterns tell you that you need to spend at least... It's actually, the, the rule is around 70-30, to be honest. It's more 70% on brand building, 30% on acquisition and activation. But most companies have it the other way around and they wonder why they're not brand building. And I will say what's really interesting is brands that are digital first, the successful brands, conform to this rule. They've actually spent more on brand building, right? Um, look at someone like a Peloton, right, for all their troubles now. They were completely a brand building play, Right. But a lot of companies, Tom's, a lot of them have spent, spent a lot of money on brand building. But most startup Series A are so focused on revenue today that they forget about the brand building and they wonder why they don't have the growth levels that they want. And that's, by the way, the fault of the, the venture capital community, not understanding brand. They can understand numbers. But brand is what protects margins and guarantees you growth. And I say that as a digital advertising person. Right. I mean, nobody knows more than, than anyone in your field, the idea of the metric and how important that is to everybody in the conversation to keep a healthy, open communication channel. <laughs> well, there's also this crazy, you know, there's this crazy notion, this term that should not exist called performance marketing. Yeah. All marketing is performance marketing, right? What we really mean by performance marketing is money comes out of it, right? There's direct attribution of money. But that's a massive problem because performance is every part of marketing and there's so many different measures. And the reality is if you're only measuring the revenue coming in today 
and you're you know meeting once a week looking at the numbers and making marketing decisions on your budget based on <laughs> revenue that's called a lack of strategy that's called a lack of strategy so we hopefully you know the term performance marketing should should completely disappear Absolutely. it's all performance marketing I, I can think of a number of times I've been in a conversation where someone would say, oh, brand brand ads, like the, all that does is eat up our budget. It doesn't directly contribute to the bottom line. And I'm thinking maybe not immediately, you know, but you can't convince someone who's already decided that's the truth, right? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, look, I, can, I can point to 20 years of third party research. Um, you know, there is a th thing called the, um, the World Advertising Research Center as well. The data is there, right? Um, so, you know, I think it's a mistake to just use your own experience, right, with these things. But the reality is that if you want to be serious about being a large company, you've got to look beyond revenue today. And look, I get it. It's a hard conversation to have. It's an education conversation. But the data is there. It's fairly available around what separates the has-beens from the successful companies. And if you know 95% of startups fail, if 95% of fail, then why do we keep following these rules for startups, which are based on this early hockey stick of revenue, if 95% fail? That's a pretty dumb thing to do, right? That's a pretty dumb thing to do. Yet for some reason, that's the conventional wisdom in a startup world. Well, that conventional wisdom, it doesn't work. I love that. The new metric is the 70-30 ratio and not necessarily the 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 week to week bottom line, which literally makes no sense. That'd be like judging your employees' performance week to week when they're still learning the ins and outs of your business. Yeah, it's, it's short <laughs> it's short term thinking. And unfortunately, some people are being pressured into that, right? Um, but I think the sophisticated investor understands, right, that they're not they're not they're not judging on what your metrics are this month, right? The metrics that a lot of people have are just the canary in the coal mine. If things, going, if things are going backwards, yeah, there's probably, there's probably a problem, right? But we also know that it depends on the, the stage of the company. So when we talk about, when we talk about the breakdown between, uh, between brand and activation, we also need to understand that not all companies are the same, right? So you want to look at things like, uh, you know, what's the nature of the purchase decision? You know, is it online? Did they do research? Um, what's, is it, what's the channel? Is it direct to consumer? Uh, is it a repeat purchase subscription? How large is your market share? Who are the other players? Are you doing innovation? Do you have a premium pricing scheme or a discount pricing scheme? What is your industry? All these things go in to change that mix a little bit, right? But if you're spending under 60%, I can tell you right now, you're not building your brand. Simple as that. And then it's just a race to the bottom for price. Yep. Yeah, and it's inevitable. And I see this happen. I see it happen time and again, right? You end up discounting. You end up, you know, doing flash sales on Amazon, being heavy reliant <laughs> on, heavy reliant on coupons. Um, you know, you, then you start worrying about these things. Um, really you want to go in the other direction and it's a value equation if you're worried about price don't be you need to start worrying about value and you is whatever we in advertising decide to make it it's that simple 
So interesting. I have literally worked with clients who refuse to do anything other than send coupons via their email newsletter. It was once a week we were just sending a coupon and I, I would tell them, you know, we should focus on creating content, maybe helping moms be better at being moms or what have you. And they were like, yeah, that's nice. And let's just send the 15% off for the summer sale. And I was like, Hey, all right. I mean, <laughs> Sounds yeah, good. That, 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 that lowest funnel. And there's, there's a thing called the, um, the consumer journey 2.0. There's now a 3.0 version. Um, you look up the consumer journey 2.0 online. If you see a, an orange and blue diagram, that's actually my version of it. Okay. Um, that's been distributed nicely. Now that was probably from about, 12, 15 years ago now. But um, what you need to understand, people need to understand is that you know, the conversion aspect is such a tiny part of marketing, such a tiny part. Again, that's the reward you get for doing a good job on everything else, right? That's the reward. That's not the end goal though, right? The end goal is to build value in your company, build value in your brand. And that's got nothing to do with, with Google AdWords or Bing or anything like that, right? And it's all measurable, right? It is all measurable. It's qual and quants. There are plenty of different ways to measure it. But again, you know, it's understanding that you need to build that loyalty over time. You need to build brand equity. Otherwise, you will be in a price war. You, there's, a, there's no other outcome, right? If you want to protect yourselves from, uh, you know, Chinese imitations or Philippine imitations, etc. Protect yourselves through brand. Brand is also a great insurance policy. It's a brilliant insurance policy. And so, how do you do that? We can do it through, you know, programmatic TV, great campaigns, social proof, which is what you're talking about, right? Um, there's plenty of ways to do it, but that investment and the numbers will show is absolutely worthwhile. It's so great to have a conversation at such a high level with high concepts for an industry. And it's rare that usually you have to speak to somebody who really knows what they're talking about to get that fluid conversation going. And that's what happened here today. So I want to roll out the red carpet for you, Peter, and uh, have you tell the listener what it is they should know about what you're doing with Brain Co., where they should go to connect with you, things of that nature. Yeah, sure. Thanks for that. So, um, you know, we've been around for three years. As you said, I sold my first agency when I was 34. Um, which is now 14 years ago. Um, started BrainCo three years ago. Um, we're completely distributed. So prior to COVID, you know, a year before COVID, I was like, this makes no sense going to an office every day. Why would I restrict myself to a talent pool in one city? Um, so, you know, we're scattered throughout the United States. Um, I'm in the Coachella Valley in, in California. Um, you know, we have a variety of clients, a very different way of doing things. Uh, we don't have ongoing retainers with clients. All our clients famously have a zero day notice period, zero day. And in that time, we've only lost one client and that in three years, and that's because the CMO changed. So you can find uh, me and us at uh, www.brayand.co, so B-R-A-Y, A for Apple Y, A-N-D.co. Or you can find me just through going to startupmarketing.com. Um, you can find me through there on the right-hand side as well. Um, we work with clients of all shapes and sizes, and you know I'm always just happy to offer advice. So I'm at the point where you know, it's just really trying to make the industry better and trying to help clients be successful. I think you know if we're all successful, we're all happy, and uh, that'll make for a better society.
hundred percent. I love it. And now I do have one final question. I usually ask people who stop by just more for my own self-indulgence and curiosity. And it's always a great answer, uh, even when they pass and why they pass. <laughs> uh, and that is, if you could have invited anybody today, Peter, to sit here and listen to the things that we covered, uh, that, that we explored, who would you have loved to have had here dead and alive, dead or alive, I mean, and why? Yeah, hopefully not both. Um, <laughs> then, we've, then we've got a problem. A real um, problem. I, yeah, honestly, I'll actually say my wife. Um, my wife is a, has only ever been a full-time artist since she was 17 years old. Um, and she's at the other spectrum of creativity. So, you know, I would, people say to me, is advertising art? And I say, hell no. And here's why. In art, people will pay to see it, right? They'll pay to see art. In advertising, we pay not to see it, right? We'll pay not to see advertising. So uh, I think, you know, having her, you know, seeing this, listening to this, um, it's always helpful to get the the input perspective from the complete opposite end of the creative spectrum. And it's very inspiring, by the way. Yeah. Oh, man. Beautiful. I can't tell you how many times, like 90% of the people I've been here, uh, I've had on the show have said that one of the best business decisions they ever made was the type of partner they chose and how that impacted the way their, their own entrepreneurship journey. So it's really refreshing to hear you say that. You, and you, to, cannot, you cannot do it alone. Entrepreneurship is a lonely journey. I've been there. Um, and it's great to have someone by your side, whether it's a partner or even a co-founder. Uh, it's a great, it's a great thing, even if it's just someone to complain to every now and then. Peter, it has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Uh, and then uh, I remember it was a uh, Bray, B-R-A-Y and A-N-D dot co that people can go and visit or startupmarketing.com is the other link. And that should get them where they need to go to meet you. Yep. Thank you for stopping absolute by, man. Pleasure. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind-the-scenes footage, and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition, and we'll see you on the next episode. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.